Well, it's, you kind of asked it like, why would you watch Friday Night Lights? You know, you don't watch it because of the sport. You watch it because of the story being told. And in this, like, anime, it's how serious, one, they take the sport, which adds a lot of the comedy, where no one thinks this is a joke. Like, this is the... This is like the NFL of Japan. Okay. Is girls knocking into each other with their breasts and butts that get knocked into the water. Okay. And then they have special moves, like the ultimate butt vacuum, where the girl twists her hips so hard, it creates a vacuum that rips off the other girl's swimsuits. Okay, so I'm still not understanding the why, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't okay. think there has to be a why. <laughs> let, me, let me try to let me put it like this. So, like, there's I'm a lot of these where corner, it's like Brian, they take some... This ridiculous show and... You're wondering, like, you know, let's take it serious, and everyone's playing the straight man, there's some comedy from there. And then out of all of those kinds of shows, this one specifically got picked because it's about girls in swimsuits, and that sells. No, no, that, I, I, I get, I, I, so... I don't know what he wants to do. <laughs> so what you're saying is the point of watching it is to watch girls in swimsuits. Oh, no, I, I could care less about that. This could be a bunch of dudes, it's just funny. So it's just for the comedy of it. That that that's what you're getting at. It, I the mean, whole the, thing. The, I'm saying the fan service is why they picked this show out of all of them to animate. But the whole reason to tune in is the comedy. If you're tuning in just to look at girls in swimsuits, I got some better stuff you can watch. It's still not porn. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, still, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure put that tag that. in there. It's still not porn. Well, because it's cheating if I just tell you to watch porn. <laughs> yeah, that would be cheating. That's the name of my channel. It's cheating to called watch porn. <laughs> Well, Ian actually tweeted at me today and said he was going to talk about anime butts, so I kind of expected <laughs> stuff like this. I forgot about that. That was right before I started recording my <laughs> show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and Super Friends, the podcast that likes to talk about movie trailers, even if the listeners haven't watched them yet. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Mike Bradley. Hi, folks. And back again, Ian Leidick. It's your boy, the young bass juice, Lil Vape God, once again, coming at you live from his dungeon of terror. I would like you all to go to the YouTube right now. Hit pause in like 10 seconds. Go to YouTube. Type in Base Wizard Reviews and watch that. Let's plug in the YouTube page again. Still going. He hasn't given up. I will say in there, he did say the YouTube. <laughs> it still counts. Everybody knows what that is, right? It go to the YouTube. It redirects. <laughs> it redirects. Oh, so if you type in just the YouTube, it takes you to YouTube? Well, the YouTube.com. Oh, sorry. Gotta get it. Don't, don't go there. <laughs> First you tell them where to go, and then you give them a warning not to go there. Well, because the YouTube.com does not redirect the YouTube. <laughs> Are you trying it right now? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, Alright, so for this episode, we will hopefully, we'll see how this goes, be on the shorter side. I want to make sure that we bank enough time next week for the expected Fantastic Beasts review. Um, so with that being the case, we're just going to try to talk about a few things this week. Uh, there's a few trailers to talk about. We'll give our thoughts on the second trailer for Wonder Woman, the first trailer for Ghost in the Shell, the second trailer for Kong Skull Island, and then we'll end with some Inhuman news. 
uh, that Marvel talked about earlier in the week. And, uh, Ian, I was thinking about, actually probably today, earlier today, that this will be the first episode, I think, where you actually get the green light to actually be able to talk about some anime without... I know, this could be really it. weird for the fans, because they expect that from me all the time. <laughs> and once you have the green light to do something, it really makes you do something, and... I think that's important, is to have green lights in the world, because without green lights, everything's a red light, and you don't go anywhere, and you just stay at the same place over and over again, and nothing happens, and you're just still there talking about the red lights and the green lights, and nothing's occurring, because you keep talking about it. I'm really sad that I set light. him up for this. So, so, so yeah, we're, go, we're going to have to teach him how to pump the brakes, in other words. He, <laughs> he's not, it's not quite you getting some the, red lights the green light, red light thing, you know. <laughs> there's, there's no controlling him. Uh, Alright, so we're going to start with our first one, which will be the second trailer for Wonder Woman. Uh, that came out actually a few weeks ago. We didn't get a chance to do it because there was other stuff, I think, to talk about at the time, and then we got sidetracked doing other stuff, so we're finally giving it some time now. Uh, so this will be the next movie in the DC Universe. This will be directed by Patty Jenkins, and it's set to release June 2nd, 2017. Uh, we've all checked out the trailer. What did you guys think of the trailer? Well, she was already the best part of Batman v. Supes, and this trailer just reestablished that she's probably going to be the strongest character in this new DC MU. DCMU? And, um. <laughs> I like the it. Action scenes throughout the trailer look super badass. That was what really stuck to me. Everything looked real badass. And my big, my only real gripe with the trailer is, is no one seems to be acknowledging in that one scene where she's at the gala and she's wearing that dress that there's clearly a sword yeah, right? sticking down <laughs> and no one seems to acknowledge that. And I gotta know, they all know it's a sword, right? Like there's no one that's like, oh, that's just a really cool like diamond thing. Like, <laughs> it's an they accessory. They it's a sword, right? <laughs> well, it's an accessory for the back of the dress. I mean, it, that, that, that's one of the things you might not get in the trailer is somebody stopping her and trying to take the sword away or something, you know, but. All the same, it, it would be rather disturbing if people were just kind of like, okay, well, she has a sword. That's that's kind of nice. Um, it's a good accessory. Perhaps she should have gone red. Um, <laughs> but hey, the thing that struck me with the trailer is the same thing that struck me you know, when they first showed the picture of her in uh, Batman vs. Superman, where, where you can tell it's obviously Chris Pine in the photo, so this is something that they're going to touch on in the movie for Wonder Woman is that I don't know how much I like the World War II era idea. Um, I think it's even earlier than that. I think it it's might World be World War, War I. One. Okay. It, it, yeah, because the war to end all wars. Okay. Yeah. It, I, I don't know how much I like the idea of it taking place in that era. Um, Why? I don't know. I, I, when, I, when I thought they were going to make a Wonder Woman movie, I did not feel like it was going to be a World War I era movie. Like, it just... Did you, did you were okay with it when uh, Cap did it though, or is this like a different reason? Well, Cap was created for World mm -hmm. War Two. I mean, that it, like his story in the comics, he that's what he was made for. Mm -hmm. So it kind of had no choice. This, I think, you know, Diana's not made for World War One. She's not made. I think this this era though is tied to her origin, isn't it? It depends on which one you're going to look at, but yeah, you know what I mean, like. I just, I don't know. You can place her here. I, I, I like the feel, though, because the problem, I guess, with the DC movies for me recently have been they're trying to keep them too grounded in the modern reality. So to throw it back to World War One, or even if they're going to try and keep it grounded in a reality base, 
But it's a lot easier to have superheroes running around in World War One where everyone doesn't have a camera phone. Yeah. There's a lot more believability in just, like, the old tales of, like, demon soldiers and, like, these unkillable immortal groups. Right. It's a lot more believable happening in World War One, so I think it fits there. And also, like, you know, she doesn't have to go up against a nuke, you know? Like, sure. It's a lot more believable the weapons they're using against her she could stop. I, I just mean, I don't necessarily know that I would have preferred them to tie it so much to Earth mm-hmm. right away. Um, mm-hmm. You know... Uh, what's what's the planet she's from? Um, the Gaia, right? Yes, it's something like that. I believe I Gaia but, is Earth. She, but she's for, she's yeah. from a different planet, though. She's not. She's like Superman. She's an alien, right? In I thought they just had a different part of the planet. Like, wasn't the yeah? They're like the Greek mythology thing, and they're like off in like an ancient Greek world kind of deal. They're just hidden away. That's why it's a big thing okay. in the trailer. I think when the yeah, there, it's it is Earth, but it's like if you found the island of Lesbos or something. <laughs> you, you couldn't have you go to the Lesbos. Yeah, I was gonna say couldn't have gone like Babylon or uh, Atlantis. Is Babylon an island? I didn't think so. Didn't okay. think so. Well, <laughs> uh, I I just feel like it. I would have felt better if they didn't try to go that route. You know what I mean? Just. I don't know. Would you have preferred it was take place just like in their society for her origin story, or do you mean more modern? I mean more of a cosmic threat of some sort. Um, uh, so you don't want her jumping in to like steer the course of World War One, right? It, I mean, okay. Here's the thing: it's the same problem with Superman when you deal with Wonder Woman. You put her up against mortals, and it doesn't work. Um, you know, it, it it's not. I, it's the same reason, like, Lex Luthor is a great written villain and everything for the comics and whatnot, but how dangerous is he actually to Superman without kryptonite or the suit of armor or any of it? I mean, it's, I don't know. It's also Superman's own moral code holding him back against Lex Luthor, and he uses that to his advantage. I think you could see that possibly from Wonder Woman, too. Right, but it, I don't know. Like, to, to me, her being able to mow through, you know, entire armies of men... Is kind of like, yeah, and this is a surprise why. You know, like, because our introduction to her was her taking on Doomsday and just kind of putting her shield up to a blast that was kicking Superman's ass. So, <laughs> it, it seems like a step down in competition for her from her introduction to the universe pretty much one way or the other. I don't see them having a villain the, the scale of Doomsday in this movie. And they probably won't, but I think that's what's going to deal more of her moral code and her figuring out how much she wants to interact with our society and less about her facing some cosmic threat. And I think that's where the story is going to go. And that's why we'll find out she hasn't been as involved with our politics since World War One. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see where they want to go with it. Um, I just don't know that I think it's a good idea. <laughs> that's all. Like, I... I, I to me, like, it's... Just sort of playing, like, devil's advocates here. Like, do, would you be able... Mike, could you pitch your idea for a Wonder Woman movie? Um, you know... because I feel like you're you're setting up like you have expectations, so I'm just curious where those expectations would fit for a Wonder Woman movie. You know, I don't know the character well enough um, in her entire backstory, but to me, the... 
are you familiar with, uh, what's the name of that? Um, it's the animated movie with Darkseid in the Justice League that takes place a lot within her Amazonian realm. Um, it, it, I want to say Still, Apocalypse. I, I think it's called Apocalypse, maybe? That's the name of the movie? Yeah. Um, but it's basically like her standing up to, or her fighting... Um, a, like a rogue group of Amazonians that you know took over the throne, kind of thing. Um, I, and I feel like that would have been a better intro to the character. It's part of my whole entire issue with the way DC is setting things up for their Justice League movie, and in that it feels kind of rushed. Well, yeah, um, that argument can be made with any of their movies, right? It well, I mean, I feel like you know because we're getting after Wonder Woman, Justice League's next, right? I think so. Yeah. So you're setting up these this movie to take place for Justice League, having only three movies before it. Uh, two movies before. Uh, well, well three before Justice League. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the you know you have Wonder Woman, you have. Batman versus Superman and the Man, Man of Steel. It, it just feels like they're rushing to make connections to the world to connect them together too quickly. Um, well, I mean, we all—I think we can all admit they're, they are DC is playing catch up to Marvel. Oh, absolutely! So instead of having you know the five-year plan that Marvel did to lead up to the Avengers, like they did, instead of DC trying to do five years of movies to lead up to a Justice League, they're almost trying to do it in reverse. They get put Batman and Superman together and then they're going to spin off from that and say, oh, here's Justice League right after that. And they're going with the team ups first to try to, and then spin off, which Doesn't I don't know work. if that, like, you know, like so the point that you're getting at, I don't think it sets up the universe good enough to do it that way. Yeah. I think throwing that much at a general movie going audience who doesn't really know too much about all these side characters besides maybe Batman and Superman, you're going to confuse a lot of people. And I mean, we'll have to see how the movie turns out, I guess. Maybe they do a better job of explaining and setting up the world in Justice League where people can get on board with that better than they did with Batman Superman. Yeah, I mean, I think that's possible, but I also think it's going to detract from the overarching story from Justice League because they have so much setting up to do. You know, like Yeah, and I don't even really know if this one's going to set up Justice League. It seems like it's going to maybe bookend in modern day. But I feel like it's just going to open with, like, Diana looking at that picture and then, like, thinking back to, like, oh, this is what happened for us to take that picture. And then it, you know, you see that story and then it ends in present day with her and Bruce trying to find people to make a team. Yeah. And, I mean, for all we know, unless there is something that happened during World War I, they could tie into, you know, whatever threat is coming for Justice League. That remains to be seen. Well, I mean, I don't think that there's much a doubt that the threat has to be Darkseid, right? I mean, they pretty much foreshadowed the hell out of that in Batman vs. Superman. I've heard it was, like, one of the lieutenants, I think, from Darkseid. Like, Steppenwolf, I think, was the name I heard thrown around. Yeah, but, I mean, why would they foreshadow Steppenwolf if they weren't going to use... I mean, like, are we really going to get a Justice League movie where one of their big bad villains... Lieutenants is the main villain of the movie. That would feel kind of 
I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends how powerful they make him and what they try to do with him, or if he's alone. Like we don't know, but that's that's the rumor. That's the name that's been thrown around. They haven't. I think I don't think they've specifically mentioned Darkseid being in Justice League, but he would be an obvious choice. He's he's the DC version of Thanos, right? So yeah, but so you don't want to blow your load on the first one. Yeah, but if they're really trying to play catch up to Marvel, that might be what they need to sort of set themselves apart. That's what I was thinking. Is that, I mean, they, they, nothing says they have to beat Darkseid. I mean, yeah, I mean, to, that's the best way to set up the next movie is they lose. You know, and that it, would be an interesting thing to do that Marvel hasn't done yet. Yeah, and I don't know. It, it, it seems to me these DC movies, it feels like Wonder Woman's going to crush it in the box office. We know that. You know, it's the first major superheroine movie that's going to be put out there that people are really going to get behind. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah, sure. Catwoman had a movie, but they knew everybody knew that was awful without seeing it. <laughs> um, and this one is going, I mean, people are going to pack the theaters to see it for that reason alone. You know, people that don't care about comics at all or comic movies, they don't like these things. It's still, it's a big step, you know, it's a big thing. So, well, Justice League is going to come out before Avengers Infinity War, so it has the potential to do some stuff differently than what an Avengers movie could do. Yeah. So, like Mike was describing, if they go into Justice League and all the heroes lose by the end, Darkseid wins, and that's where you're spinning off their universe, that's, they're, they're, they'd get there before Marvel would. And then what, Superman shows up at the end? Like, oh yeah, he was alive the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> surprise. Well, I've I've also heard a lot of rumors about Bizarro showing up soon in the next potential Superman movie. Um, yeah, but that's like years away, right? Man of Steel two isn't coming out for a while. I didn't. I don't remember the date, but yeah, it is a while. I want to say eighteen. Because I don't even think it was listed on there. Like the the slate that they put up for you know this is our release schedule for the next three or four years. Right. I mean, they might have did that a year or two ago now, but. When they did that, Man of Steel 2 was not on there. Well, I mean, Bizarro neither, doesn't necessarily was... have to be a purely Superman villain. Yeah, I mean, True. Bizarro yeah. is strong enough to kind of take on the Justice League if necessary. Well, you just mentioned him being in another Superman movie. That's why I was thinking well, Man the, of Steel 2. Yeah, I mean, it, it, but that, that's what I've heard the rumors of, but who knows when they actually decide to do it. It's just that they're supposed to be doing Bizarro. Okay. But... Yeah, because I think that release schedule never even included, like, Ben Affleck's Batman. So they're obviously think... amending the schedule. Um, anything else you guys stick out to you for well, the I mean, trailer? I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, I liked it. I, I thought the action looks pretty cool. Uh, I I was... The first couple shots, like, there's actually color in this movie, which is a big step forward in my book for, you know, all the Zack Snyder darkness that was in the first Man of Steel and uh, Batman v Superman. True. So that just the color palette alone, I was like, "Yep, I'm on board. This looks cool." The, the other, um, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, uh, I just had another follow up question. But if you have something to add, go for it. Well, I was just gonna say, um, do we think that because they don't show it in the previews that I've seen, um, do we think they're gonna go the over the top route and actually include the invisible jet? No, I think that would borderline hokey. Make it hokey. Well, I felt the same way about the lasso of truth, but the <laughs> but then the lasso of truth wasn't really the lasso of truth. It was the lasso that 
you know. The lasso that glows. Yeah. So, they changed that around enough to make it work. Do you think they'll make her fly, though? Some of that, there's a part of that trailer that makes me think she's floating in the air flying. The question I'd have for that is, then, why didn't she in Batman vs. Superman at all? Yeah, that, yeah. So, I mean, I would say that she didn't really fly there. She could jump pretty damn far. So. Well, she's out of practice, maybe. <laughs> she can't remember how to fly. Or she just but I mean that would the solve jet the yet. invisible jet that would that would solve the invisible jet problem, like instead of trying to make this hokey thing that oh I'm in my invisible jet look at me go like just make her fly. Yeah, make it a feat of strength. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any idea who the woman with the like ma- half mask thing is? No. They, we, there's a couple shots of her in the trailer, but I don't know DC characters that well, so I don't know if that's supposed to be somebody or mean something, but I don't know who that is. It might be that I don't. I'm not a big Wonder Woman lore guy. I, I I took like my best guess on that when I saw it was that it was another Amazonian, um, you know, oh, okay. maybe a ally rival, you know. But that's a guess because I don't actually know. Okay. Yeah, I got nothing either. Um, last question I was gonna sort of ask, and I feel like we asked this all the time when another DC movie comes out, but could this be the movie that finally everyone gets on board with and it's not like dividing the fan base? And it'd be funny if this is the one, because this is the first one in the DC movie universe that is not made by Ian's personal, close personal friend, Zack Snyder. Which is upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) For both of us. Well, I mean, Suicide Squad wasn't directed by him, was it? Oh, touche. Good point. I so. keep overlooking that one as it easily could have been. Well, he was yeah, like, was like he had dark and moody. I'm pretty sure he had like a executive producer credit or something on it, but I feel like he's going to get that on all these movies until he's done. Yeah. Um, as far as whether or not I think it could bring around and unite the fan base, because even like Man of Steel, like it's you you love it or hate it. Batman v Superman, it seems like has love it or hate it relationships. Even Suicide Squad was getting that to an extent too. It was getting love. It, I feel like it got more love than hate, but I still feel like there's no middle ground for people. It's they love it or they hate it. Every one of these movies, I feel like, is very divisive among fans. Well, this seems like the one that has the most quality behind it out of all of the movies DC has released for the DCMU. <laughs> the DCMU. But what, couldn't it be just the DCCU rather than DCMU? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think they keep referring <laughs> to it as actually the DCEU. But I don't like calling it like expanded universe. I just like calling it the movie universe. I was just thinking, you know, because it's the MCU for Marvel Cinematic. Well, you know, it could be the DCCU. Either, either way, tomato, yeah. tomato. We, we all have our own little phrases we're going <laughs> to use for this, I think. But it, I would say, like, I, I don't necessarily think that there's a love it or hate it with all of them so far. Because, I, I mean, every one of them I'm able to draw good and bad from. The, you know, like, that they've done so far. I feel like they've done some things right in each one of them and some things horribly wrong. And it, you know, that leads to a dislike for the movie in some ways when they do things that are just really wrong. Um, like, Suicide Squad, I loved a couple of the characters, and I think we talked about Jared Leto as an emo Joker just did not work uh, for me. Yeah. And the villain in that movie was just a not gonna work. 
So the, the that's kind of my question at this point for the Wonder Woman movie is who's their villain going to be? Um, how big is this villain really going to be? And is it going to capture me? Because I feel like you know they 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 shot big for the first two with Zod and uh, Doomsday, and yeah. then. Suicide Squad, they kind of fell off a cliff with Enchantress. Yeah. So, I I don't, I'm not even aware, do do we know who the villain is? Do we have any confirmation of that yet, or have they kept that under wraps, or? I haven't seen, but I haven't really been poking around either. I'd rather kind of just want to, you know, maybe even just because I don't really know the characters that well, but it's one of those things I think would benefit from just going in and not knowing anything, and then having them present it to you, and see, see how it works. Yeah. So I just decided to real quick look at Rotten Tomatoes for mm-hmm. the the DC uh, movie universe stuff. Between critics and fans' uh, percentages and what they liked, it there is a definite split. Man of Steel is at fifty five percent for critics; they think it's rotten. Fans like it seventy five percent of the time, so they're they're on board. Fans like it. it, it all the critics hate these movies. Like Batman v Superman is at twenty seven. The fans are saying sixty four percent. Suicide Squad's a 26 critic and 66 fan. So no one doesn't, they can't seem to agree on whether or not these movies are good. I'm surprised that Man of Steel is actually rated the best out of all these. Um, Critics and fans. In in my experience, film critics are by and large, um, what's a good word? There's a lot. Um, I think Josh will hate me for stealing twat waffle. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I would go along those lines. Um, I generally think that you know the way that we evaluate films is largely very you know nose up in the air and looking down on everybody else. And I, I you know to me I I judge a movie by how much did I actually enjoy it, and I'm not going to sit there and. You know, yeah, every movie has story holes, and, but... See, you say this, but if you look at the Marvel movies, not one of them is rated rotten by anyone. Yeah, but that, that's also owned by Disney. I mean... Well, I'm just saying, like, the, like, those movies seem to be universally praised, and all the DC ones, just no one can agree, really. I feel like it's hard to get a middle ground with those movies. Yeah, I mean, I I understand that. I, I see what you're saying there. I mean, but I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's hard for me to accept film critics as being real. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I do think that, you it, know. I'm with you. They judge movies the wrong way. They they pick apart what shouldn't be picked apart. They they go into the summer blockbuster movies and want to grade them like an art film. Like it's it's not worth it. Right, and I mean it. it to me, it's it's all about replay value. What movie am I going to watch more times in my life? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, The Godfather or Iron Man or The Avengers. Godfather. Really? You, Godfather. You, 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 you're going to watch The Godfather more times than you watch The Avengers? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's you. That's not me. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't know how you could not watch The Godfather every day. Like, what? What? <laughs> what? What? 
I just mean it's me, Godfather. Like that's classic line. Like, <laughs> uh, have you seen the Godfather? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> he just sounded like Mario it's a little me, bit. Godfather, it's like, a me, it's Godfather. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, we're off the rails on this one, so we're gonna yeah. wrap up Wonder Woman. <laughs> um, let's just try to get a yes or no answer. Do you think this will? be the first DC movie universe movie thing uh, that could write the ship for them. Yes or no, Ian? If this does it, nothing will. I mean, they still got Justice League in the pipeline, so if it's not this one, it has to, you figure it has to be Justice League. If it's not Justice League, we'll this be, universe is broken. If it's not this one, then we're going to be saying this three movies down the line. I'm, yeah. Is this going to be the one? I'm, I'm sure we will, yeah. Uh, Mike, yes or no? I would say Yes, and if we're talking critics and audience that you're uniting on this, I'd say yes. And my anticipation is that the critics will either go completely in favor of it because they, you know, they love the girl power thing, or they'll go completely against it because they don't like the way they did the girl power thing. Um, so it's a feminist thing, right? They'll either love the way they did it or hate the way they did it, and I feel like a lot of the critics will base their opinions on that. I think the audiences will generally enjoy it, like most superhero movies. They tend to enjoy, at least for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I think pretty much anything on Rotten Tomatoes, just judging by their ratings, the the fan, you know, general movie-going audience rating is always higher than the critics, so I'd expect that either way. Um, but yeah, I do think this one... I'm going to say yes. I think this one can right the ship. I think this will put them back on track. I think Justice League will do better for them coming off of Wonder Woman. And from there, hopefully they, they can get their shit together. Because I can't remember. I don't know if it's Wonder Woman that got finally got Jeff Johns, like the head of the DC Universe thing. Like he started spearheading some of that stuff. I don't know if he finally got his hands on Wonder Woman and helped that. Or if Justice League is going to be the first one he was really heavily involved in. But between one of those... He's going to be the Kevin Feige for that universe, who's the guy, you know, laying out the groundwork and, and putting plans into motion for what they're going to do three years down the line and how that's all going to connect together. Like, they, DC needs someone like that. It can't be Zack Snyder. So, yeah. Start, starting their universe without somebody like that in place already was kind of a mistake. Yeah, and they're paying for it now. So, I think they realize that. I think that's why they brought Jeff Johns on, and hopefully they can they can get it together. Uh, all right, so we'll move on to our second trailer, which uh, should be right in Ian's wheelhouse. Uh, so this is a movie for Go uh, the trailer for Ghost in the Shell, which uh, starring Scarlett Johansson. Uh, it is set to release on March thirty first, twenty seventeen. Directed by Rupert Sanders. Does anyone know who Rupert Sanders is? No. Nope. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, I think when I posted the trailer, Becky actually. Uh, commented on it and said that or she pointed out that this guy is the director behind Snow White and the Huntsman which is pretty much his only credit like he's done oh, some short the, films he's but the cucky he's the what the cucky he uh, was a Kristen Stewart when they cuckolded uh, Kristen Stewart out uh, who was it was that that when she was dating Lautner or whoever what was it oh uh, yeah that would they have had been an the, affair on set. yeah that is yeah. that would be he's that guy yeah, that doesn't really give me too much confidence for this movie. It shot mine way back up. <laughs> um, all right, so I don't really know anything about this property, and I wasn't really even planning on talking about it on the show, but after I posted the trailer, Ian gave me like a whole novel's worth of stuff that he pointed out. 
sounded very smart and interesting when he was writing about it. So hopefully he can bring some of that to the show. So this is your moment, Ian. What what do you want to give us? Some sort of summary explanation on the show to what should we be paying attention with this trailer? The thing is, the original Ghost of the Shell, the 1995 film, is one of the pinnacles of anime. It's probably one of the great classic sci-fi stories up there of Blade Runner. Roger Ebert described it as unusually intelligent and challenging science fiction aimed at smart audiences. This is not a movie to be taken lightly. James Cameron, of James Cameron fame, <laughs> called it a stunning work of speculative fiction, the first truly adult animation film to reach a level of literary and visual excellence. There is a lot of history behind this property. There's three different continuities, like I told Brian on Facebook. So I'm mostly assuming this is focusing in on the original film. And the original films have always been about, not action, but philosophical ideas and questions about what truly makes us human, and at what point do we lose our humanity, and at what point can other things be described as life. And this trailer shows us we're going to talk about none of that. <laughs> what we're going to talk about is how this girl lost her memories and the sci-fi robot government gave her a body, and who is she and can she trust anyone? It's upsetting. That they're just using this license to get people like me to shell out our $4 to see it on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> it's missing so much. Classic Ghost in the Shell themes. Do you think they can still points, dive into anthems. that or do you think they're going to ignore it completely? I saw nothing from the trailer that made it seem like they're going to do anything philosophical. And this is just going to be an action film about a girl finding herself what she used to be when she should be looking towards the future and finding out what she is now. And that's the thing. Ghost in the Shell is always looking at the future where this film seems to be looking at the past. And I think that's the problem. Why it's not just not going to work. What do you think they're setting it up as more or less like an origin story? Oh yeah. It's clear. Like they're showing it. She's just getting this body. She's going to be one of the few cyborgs. Maybe the only one based on the trailer. They said, you're the first of your kind. And then it's talking about how she can't trust anyone. And then Guy Fieri, as old man Logan, shows up and says, you can trust me. And then it's about her saying she needs to find out who she used to be. The major in basically all the continuities knows who she is in her past. There's no, she never lost it. It's a clear character that works with the police. It's a police organization solving cyber crimes. And then different things happen where we have to find out. If we strip you down and just put your basic brain into a cyborg body, are you still human? And if we get advanced enough AI, at what point does it become human? Does it have to be able to self-replicate to be human? Like, does choices matter? Where in this, it seems like we're going to be talking about, hey, was, like, I a good kid when I was a kid? <laughs> or did my parents abandon me? Well, do the, does, there's just so much does the, that they could do. Does the anime ever start with, like, an origin story like this movie seems to be setting up? Or is she already just like, she's already there and you just go forward? In the film, they're already an organization and we just go. In the second, the two full-length anime seasons that are two of them, they're 24 episodes each. Same thing, they're already a unit. And uh, they're, I think they start off, it's going to be like their first mission, but they're already an established unit. And then in the newest 12-episode anime that finished with a 2015 movie, 
that showed the origin of them all coming together. But at the same point, everyone already existed. It's not like she just got her body or something. She was just transforming into a new unit to film her, to start her own unit. So we've never really had a backstory that goes that far back on the major. And it's even hinted at in the two anime series that I was talking about, the later one, Standalone Complex, that the major actually might have been a guy and just uses a woman body. So, okay. Is it brings up a lot of other topics like that, too. So is it possible that this is filling in a gap to create that origin? You could you could put it picture like that like they're creating it to fill in the origin gap where I think it's just more of that's how western filmmaking is is they start off of an origin story so they're doing an origin story. Right. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking maybe they have to start with this before they get into the stuff that you want to see like that maybe that's the sequel. And that could very well be it, but I I don't think it's going to do well enough to do a secret. I think that they're banking on the fact that they're putting Scarlett Johansson in a skin-colored, basically nude uniform to go and run around Mm -hmm. in that's going to bank enough. Um, I I think that's a horrible way to try and bank a movie. Um, Got my money. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to get some money for it. Of course, you know, it, I mean, like, it still is Scarlett Johansson running around in nude skin color. I mean, you can't uniform. say no to that. You're at least going to go watch it once. Just yeah, to see it, it's kind of like Mystique, but without the blue, you know. it. And it's not maybe all CGI. What's that? And it wouldn't be an all CGI blue suit. Like, that's... Yeah. Oh, so that's not a CGI not like skin body. suit thing? I mean, it could be. I mean, I don't have enough of it to see it. Well, I mean... But in the film's defense, like in the original 1995 film... To use the thermal optic camo, the major would strip down and just be like the naked body at that point. So it's not like they did this just for this. That's at least based off the original film. Yeah. So I don't have an issue there. I thought it was a weird choice for them to pick that out of the, one of the few things they're drawing from the original film to choose that of all things, which surprised me. Really? That would, that, that surprised you that they would choose Scarlett Johansson for the role and then choose that to be the uniform? I mean, I think a lot of Western films shy away from nudity, so yeah, I am surprised. But it's not really nudity, though. Well, it's implied, I think, heavily that she's nude in the scenes, right? Well, I mean, there, there's some of that, but I'm talking about the action scenes they show her where it's like a, it, it's kind of like nude mystique. There's, it, it's skin, but it's not skin, but it's, you know, it's, you know, it, it, there's not the Western nipple going on there. You know, it's not... <laughs> I think that's just going to be played out as that's just how they make cyborg bodies. Why would you put a nipple on a cyborg? Exactly. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think they're playing it as, you know, it, they cast Scarlett Johansson for this role for very obvious reasons. Um, and, you know, yes, she's quite a good actress and everything, but I, I don't know. Part of me feels like that's the reason why that uniform was chosen, is to put more asses in the seats in the theaters. I mean, they have, like, uh, from this later anime, the standalone complex one, she wears more fan service outfits, but doesn't have to be in the nude to go to the thermal optic. Like, that's what I'm saying with the 1995 film. There's a scene where she actually strips off her uniform to go down into the nude to use the thermal optic camo. What I'm saying is they didn't have to do that based on other parts of the property. So that's why I'm a little surprised that they are having her stripped down just to turn invisible. Uh, see, I got. The, I thought it was part of the suit, like whatever she like. I don't know if it's just her robot body or like that's if that skin tight thing is some sort of suit that she wears over top. I got the sense that was what was turning her invisible, not that she's naked. So that's where it comes into 
they don't really heavily go into it in the anime, like how the technology works. So it would be something we'd have to see with the movie, how exactly they're going to explain it, because I'm sure they're going to explain it to us. Yeah, you would yeah. hope so. Because this movie's not about subtleties. Yeah, especially because most, you know, people like Mike and I, we're not really familiar with the property. So if we get to see this, we need some sort of explanation as to what the hell's going on and how stuff works. Yeah. Do you? I mean, it helps. Yeah. And you can't just be like, it's a cool sci-fi universe and, like, let's run from there? I mean, what cool sci-fi universe doesn't explain things at some point? Blade Runner? I can see that. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay, so you've got one. That was a little bit... And, you know, the visuals for this feel like Blade Runner, too. Like, I got that Blade Runner Mm -hmm. feel from the trailer, so maybe that's the page they'll take. I think dystopian megacities kind of start blending together. But this one also, like, uh, I've talked about it before in the podcast, but Tokyo Ghost, the comic book, it drew, it, it has a, like, a similar feel to it with these giant uber mecha cities with all the glowing lights and the almost ver- augmented reality aspect of it happening all around. Mm-hmm. And that's also one of the big things from the anime, like in the Ghost in the Shell universe, is you're basically constantly connected to the internet and do, you can do augmented reality chat rooms with people. So it'll be interesting to see if, how they bring that in. Because there is clear she's walking through a room at one point, and they have like a type of Microsoft HoloLens display going on with you know big holographic images coming out of the ground. But to see if they'll whether or not they'll show an augmented reality where you're in the internet, I think could be cool. But I really hope from this film is it more gives us a tease of like technology we could have ourselves in ten years than I'm expecting a good film. Yeah, I guess we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. What's it? when did I say that was? What March? Yeah, March of next year. Yeah. Like. I thought it was weird, too. It seems like her gun was silenced. And I was like, why didn't you just hack them so they couldn't hear? That's like in the Ghost in the Shell universe, she's what they call a super wizard class hacker. And basically can hack anyone. And I was like, why wouldn't you just hack them? Why is the gun silenced, you know? Little things like that make you think. I don't have the answers for you, and I can't can't help you on that. (laughs) And seriously, why is it the guy's name is Bato? The Guy Fieri character I referenced earlier? (laughs) Why is he frosted Wolverine? Like, that's literally his look. Is that a character from the anime? Yeah. He doesn't look like that? Well, his hair's, like, it's that color hair, but it's not, like, spikes going up. It's not frosted tips up. It's more, like, flat back. They have the weird eye things, too? Yeah. Okay. That's a special thing rangers have. Okay. Maybe they are going for the Guy Fieri thing, because now I can't unsee that now that you mentioned it. I know. I know. It's really disorienting. (laughs) You like is Guy Fieri busy or like what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just cast them. And that was the other thing; those were the only two characters they shown from the anime in the film. Her team is like six, seven people, and then she has a boss, and none of the other characters have made an appearance yet. So that'll be interesting to see if they'll use any more. Still, just the first trailer, so maybe this, you know, they might show up in other trailers, or maybe they're saving them for the movie. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. Because that also brings up like one of the guys; he is non-cyborg he's the only guy in the unit and one of the few people non-poor people in the world that's a pure human still which brings up another dynamic that they have when they interact and stuff and it seems like in this universe though most people are going to be regular humans so we see how they try and play that i mean i think that plays into the origin story end of it too i mean if it i mean it can't like i said it's it's hard for me to place because from where it seems like they're setting their film to take place, none of the other Ghost in the Shell universe has ever taken place that far back. Right. 
technology-wise, at least, year-wise, that's all kooky, you know. I think T2 happened a decade ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're trying to keep up with years and things like that, you know. It's just, it's it's one of those movies where, like, Ex Machina was a great cyborg philosophical tale, and I'd rather watch that than this. Okay. Even being a fan of the anime. Oh, yeah. It, it's just... You know it's going to be just a cool action film, and they're just, they use the license just because it's going to put some butts in the seats, and hell, they probably paid for it, and if they didn't make a movie, they lost the license. Yeah, I would, that would not surprise me. Well, we'll have to come back I with mean, uh, Ian's review. I mean, this is 21, 22 years after the original film. It's not like, they, you know, they've been sitting on this license for a while. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we'll have to. Whenever it comes out in March, we'll have to check it out, and you can come back and tell us what you think if it's as bad as you thought it was going to be. <laughs> check it out on YouTube, Base Wizard Reviews, or there too. That'll <laughs> that'll work. <laughs> Base Wizard. I, please tell me you do that like for the intro of all your videos. Most of them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. So our third trailer we're going to talk about popped up yesterday. I didn't even really want to do this, but. The more I watched it today, I probably watched it a couple more times today, and the more I watch it, I'm like, this movie looks fucking cool. Is for How many times do you watch trailers? If I really like them, I watch them a lot. Star Wars, <laughs> like, seriously? Star Wars ones, I'll, I'll try to leave alone, because I don't want to get okay. too many spoilers well, well, from them. But So the trailers you do five-hour podcast on, you don't watch that much. I know. But this 20 minutes we're about to do on King Kong, you had to watch it 50 times. <laughs> Not fi- may- maybe five. Maybe five. Well, the difference is the Star Wars universe. He sees one snippet of, like, uh, you know, like, Darth Vader popping up, and he's like, oh, my God. And then he has, like, a million questions that go through his head about that. With King Kong, it's like, oh. Is it clone vapors and not You know, there's a big ape. Okay, let's go. Yeah, King Kong just kind of looks fun. That's the problem with King Kong. Same problem I have with Superman. He's just a really powerful ape. Um. I totally lost my train of thought, so I'm just going to sort of reset here. We're going to talk about the, the, the Kong, the trailer for Kong Skunk. I can't <laughs> see you got me all fucked up. <laughs> for Kong Skull Island. This is the second trailer for that. I think the first one they put out around Com- Comic-Con. Uh, so they're rebooting King Kong, uh, and they're building towards the Kong versus Godzilla movie that's coming out in 2020. So that's probably why King Kong looks like a fucking beast in this movie. Like, he's he's tall as shit. Yeah. Uh, that really kind of stood out to me. What else did you guys like or stood out to you with this trailer? Why are they bombing the fucking island? Is that just a thing we used to do? We just bomb islands to find out how they're made? I, I guess that's how technology around Vietnam worked. Sure. Like, seriously, like, oh, we're bombing the island to figure out the island. What? <laughs> Who does that? An undiscovered island with possible undiscovered species we just immediately bomb. I don't think they knew going in that it was undiscovered species. Like, I think the army's just doing well, their thing and nobody's telling them well, what the hell they're just, going after. You get that when you go to a place you haven't been before. Yeah. Undiscovered species. I'm not saying they knew there was a giant Kong there, even though they didn't, one of them at least knew there was a giant fucking <laughs> Kong there. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's the same thing. Like, we didn't know that there was Komodo dragons until we found out about Komodo. Um, yeah, Komodo, I, no, dropping bombs on their like holes. Right, that's what I mean. Like it, we we didn't drop bombs on it and kill all the Komodo dragons before we got there. <laughs> um, yeah, I I agree. I feel like that is a really far fetched, dumb thing that they're using as a plot point. It was like the only yeah, thing I didn't like ways. about the trailer, but it, it seems like 
seriously, you need to drop bombs to get side to get like seismic information and figure out what the island looks like. Mankind has never needed to do that ever. <laughs> There's plenty of other plausible ways to piss off the giant gorilla. Yeah. Then immediately drop bombs. I'm sure you'll see the ball when you go to see this movie. Well, I mean, it, it, it. I think they wanted to go like the different route from, you know, him just scooping up Brie Larson and being like mine, and <laughs> you know, if only we could all just do that, right? It's like they had them drop bombs just immediately that you know that they're bad guys, and it's okay that Kong kills them. Yeah, I mean, you always do end up having to root for King Kong in the end of these things, which is strange, because most creature movies, you know, creature features, you're not really supposed to end up rooting for them. But they kind of did that with Godzilla, too, where, you you know, you start out, like... Which is weird, because... Yeah. You know, this giant monster, and it's like, it's supposed to be this some kind of threat, but it's like, oh, wait, he's gonna save us, and then go away again. It's like, okay. They just actually... The new Shin Godzilla, like, they just made a classic Godzilla film where he's the bad guy the whole time. And it was way better than the Brian Cranston one. And it's like, you can make monster movies that people will enjoy where the monster's the bad guy. Yeah. Cloverfield was fine. Yeah. I didn't root for Cloverfield. <laughs> I think that was the town. I'm pretty sure that was his name because it was in New York, right? That's why the it Statue of Liberty's head got cut yeah, off. Yeah, but, but I Clo- felt like... I don't even remember what Cloverfield was. It was a code name, I think, for something. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. The monster, code name Cloverfield. Okay, point. Agent Cloverfield, 007. <laughs> Anyways, back to the trailer. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> the, the thing that impresses me about this is the cast that they've been able to assemble for it. Oh, definitely. Um, it, it, for a Kong movie, I mean, the last time we got a King Kong movie, you got Naomi Watts and, what, Jack Black and... But you got Peter Jackson. Yeah. Well, I'm, they spent most of the budget on Peter Jackson. Yeah, and well spent that it was. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, that was a decent movie, but I feel like this one looks more enjoyable. It looks like it's going to be a more fun movie. Like, that was just retelling the same King Kong story that had been told a few times before. Um, yeah. And I don't feel like you need Peter Jackson to do that. So I felt like it was, mm. you know, like nothing against Peter Jackson, but is he really necessary to retell King Kong the same way it was told before um i mean if you want peter jackson to do it, i think it was one of those things where jackson he just came off of the lord of the rings trilogy and they basically probably said to him you can make whatever you want and he said i love king kong i'm gonna do that again could be but but nonetheless i'm impressed that you know they drew, drew in tom hiddleston samuel L. jackson brie larson john c Riley. i mean it it's a pretty impressive i totally cast. forgot that john c Riley was in this movie and when he shows up in that trailer he's the him alone and the jokes that he makes in this trailer, I will go see the movie just based on that. Yeah. I agree. I laughed at pretty much everything he did. It's weird how much like comedic roles he's getting in these action movies all of a sudden. I mean it works. Yeah. Ah, uh, he's great. I love him. I just he seems to be the go to guy for it now. Yeah, I mean T J Miller. He was he was great mm-hmm. in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know? It so yeah, I, I think it's going to continue that route for him for a while because the whole him doing movies with Will Ferrell thing is not being done anymore, unfortunately. Um, which I, I think this would be a great time for a crossover with uh, Will Ferrell's character from Land of the Lost coming up somehow um, <laughs> <laughs> and bringing it back together. But, uh, no, I mean, Kong looks awesome. And like you said, they, he's 
much bigger than they've ever made him before. Well, he's got to compete with Godzilla, so he's got to be that big. But I think that's my biggest issue with this, is that the whole time I know that there's a Godzilla versus King Kong coming out, and I know that King Kong would get wrecked in two seconds by Godzilla. <laughs> so I'm wondering why we're even bothering with this movie when he's about to get wrecked in a year in two seconds. See, I don't see it in, happening in that four way. Years. I, I would disagree. Well, they clearly can't make the movie like that, but that's what would happen. I, I still disagree. He has atomic breath. You can't just be like, okay, he's got really thick skin. Right, but King King Kong is agile as shit. <laughs> By comparison... Death grip! That just grabs him in the atomic breath. It's over. <laughs> I, it felt like it felt like Godzilla had to really build up to that, though. I don't feel like that was always available. I feel like that was something that required a bit of a charge up. Well, I mean, why are they even fighting? This is like Batman versus Superman. Batman has all the time in the world. He wins. Like, is Godzilla just like immediately attacking King well, Kong? No, he's ready. He's atomic breathing everywhere, constantly <laughs> waiting for the threat to die. I see. I how they're gonna have them end up fighting is gonna be. Dumb. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be dumb, but it, you know, it's kinda like Alien vs. Predator. Forced. It doesn't have to make sense. You know, just do it and have it be fun. Yeah, but at least I'm not like the Predators should win in two seconds. What? See, like, my problem is King Kong would win in two seconds, but I don't think the Predators or the Aliens would wreck one another real fast. Kong stands no chance fighting Godzilla. <laughs> See? We're talking about an apex predator <laughs> fighting a glorified monkey. Okay, ape. First of all, you don't I, see Quebec apes wrecking alligators. Nonetheless, I think if we're going to get into the argument of Godzilla versus King Kong, look, it, it, there's a lot of reasons why either one could win. Uh, but no, there's not. There's one reason why Godzilla would win, and it's he's Godzilla. Okay, but he's got God in the name. He's an apex predator. What would you call King Kong? He was created by the atomic fires. Godzilla. Okay, first of all, we haven't seen this Kong movie yet. So their version of Kong, we don't know what all his skill set can be. Maybe Kong has fire breath, Ian. What up now? I'm just saying, at this point, we don't... It's not atomic breath, so that's not even an issue if he has fire breath. Well, I'm just saying, we we don't know Kong's true skill set at this point. We don't know what they may do to him. If you assume he's just King Kong, just the giant gorilla, um, he's also smarter than Godzilla. Because he's a gorilla. Yeah, but if I fought an alligator one-on-one, I'm going to lose every time. In what realm are you in the same category of, like, farness away from being able to fight an alligator as Godzilla is from being able to fight Godzilla, or King Kong from Godzilla? I, I'm lost on Probably that. Probably the same exact universe. The, the gap is so large, it doesn't matter <laughs> how far away I am from that gap. That's how large this gap is. Alright, so I'm gonna try to steer us back on course, because I feel like this could go on forever. <laughs> yeah, this could be a long debate. <laughs> this, yeah, this could be what, I feel like, you're each trying to argue a point, but Ian just keeps coming back to the same thing over and over again. So we'll save that for like maybe another time when we can actually prep for this movie or we review this movie in four years when they finally fight head on in a movie. Is it that far away? Ugh. 2020. That's so and, long. I mean, you know it's going to end up like Batman v Superman. They're going to fight each other for the first half. The other monsters are going to come up, and then they're going to team up and fight monsters together and then slap five. And Is something happening in between? Godzilla 2. 2018. Okay. At least that's happening. Is he fighting Mothra finally, or are we just... I think the rumor is, yeah, some of Godzilla's rogue gallery will be in that movie. 
Well, it's, it's what it's that is he just going to show up for like two hours and then we're just going to go home? I, yeah, I don't know how it's going to work. That's just what I've heard. I mean, I mean, if his rogues gallery doesn't show up, nothing happens. Uh, all right, so I'm going to move us on to the, la- the last topic because we're getting close to our allotted time, I think. I don't know how much time we'll spend on this one. But uh, earlier in the week, Marvel made us, a, in my mind, it was a surprising announcement. Because uh, I guess like way back when they announced their Phase 3 movie slate, one of the movies that was on the list was Inhumans. That was one of the last ones that was going to come out in Phase 3. Uh, and then Marvel and Sony struck a deal with Spider-Man so they can share Spider-Man. Suddenly, Inhumans gets kicked from the schedule to make room for a solo Spider-Man movie. So everyone just kind of assumed the Inhumans movie was pushed into Phase 4, which would have been after all these Infinity War movies that are coming out uh, by 2019 or 2020, whenever that Phase 3 ends. Uh, But I guess this week, Marvel announced that the Inhumans will no longer be a movie, but instead they're going to turn it into a TV show that is set to premiere next fall on ABC. Now, anyone that's been keeping up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., knows that the Inhumans have been a big part of that show for a couple seasons now, so the obvious question to ask is, what does this mean for the Inhumans on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Like, are these two shows going to be able to, like, coexist? Will they cross over? Because it seems like they're covering the same ground. I think this is... Which Inhumans are there? The royal family, they said. Yeah, the the Inhumans... Well, no, I mean, in in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Quake, uh, Lash was there, but I think he's dead now. They have some some Inhumans, but they're not the bigger... They, they've left the royal family off the table. So Black Bolt, yeah. Medusa... Uh, Crystal. Who else is there? Crystal. Yeah. Uh, like Lockjaw. Um, Why well, can't I think of any other names? Karnak. Karnak. Yeah. Um, so the the royal family hasn't been touched. I feel like they've been saving those that, that uh, group of Inhumans for the movie. Eventual movie. So... So, I mean, they wouldn't need to do anything with the ones already on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. then. I mean, they're probably not important enough to, like, force them off of that. I kind probably of felt not. like it was going to be the end of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the beginning of the Inhumans. Uh, you think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be canceled by the end of the year and then Inhumans picks up next year? Yes, because I've also heard the, the same the, the rumor going around that they're picking up Ghost Rider as well. For um, a solo show? Yeah. Netflix or ABC? ABC. Okay. Hey, you know, just well, Nick Cage is free. <laughs> well, they're, well, they they're, they're of, actually uh... doing Ghost Rider now on the show as Robbie Reyes's Ghost Rider. They had, like, yeah, they, which is actually really fucking cool. Yeah, it is. It, it's a different Ghost Rider. Doesn't have the motorcycle or anything, but it's still Ghost Rider. Um, as far as which Inhumans transfer over, I mean, if, if Chloe Bennett transfers over, I'm fine with it. Um, <laughs> The, the, the rest of it, the Inhumans is going to be a hard TV show to make work simply because the main character cannot speak. Um, that's, I'm pretty sure Vin Diesel was rumored for, for Black Bolt when they were talking about the movie. They were, Yeah, he, he was originally one of the rumored people, um, but thankfully he did the voice for Groot, and we don't have to worry about that any longer. <laughs> Um, cause that's the yeah, perfect, I think at the time the he was go- he was talking on like social media about going to meet with Marvel about a project and it, it wasn't for guardians, right? but somehow he came out of those meetings having a voice for Groot and being involved in guardians. So and I think even after guardians, he was saying like, you know, there's still something else in the works. We're still working on this thing. So everybody kind of assumed it was black bolt. 
Well, I mean, it, we haven't heard anything about that since then, so I don't know if it's if they cast him through. for Black Bolt and he couldn't speak, that would just be the perfect kind of role for him to have, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, you know, it's nothing against Vin Diesel. I actually enjoy a lot of his movies. The Riddick movies were awesome and everything, but it, it, it it's I, I just think it's a hard thing to maintain a main character that can't speak. I mean, he can speak, but you know it. For those that don't know Black Bolt, Black Bolt, his power is his voice, which is earth-shattering. And he cannot speak to anyone uh, vocally. One of the only people he can speak to is Doctor Strange, um, and that's through the astral form you see in the Doctor Strange movie. He can speak to Black Bolt within his own mind. He can speak to Professor Xavier through telepathy, but he to actually utter a word is to have him destroy whatever happens to be in front of him in the path of that sound. Um, and that's, to me, that's very difficult for that character to maintain a show. Yeah. Um, you know, like, sure, you, you gotta cast the hell out of Medusa for that to work. And I don't know how that's... I'm just wondering what they do because, you know, because the Inhumans have been such a presence on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that you have to explain why the royal family hasn't been getting involved in the events of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for two years. Yeah. Because um, I feel like that should be a big deal for them. Because their whole thing was, like, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm not sure how I, how much I know about the Inhuman stuff, but the whole Inhuman, like, it's like a ritual to them, right? The royal family wants selected people, like, it, it has to stick with their bloodline or, or specific people that they choose to get to, to become Inhumans. Right, they just don't want anybody becoming inhuman. Um, it that actually also depends on which story you follow of the Inhumans. Um, some stories of the Inhumans follow the same kind of line that I want to say the second series of the Ultimate X Men followed, where they were a government experiment. Um, oh, and okay. they didn't get to choose. And others follow kind of what you were saying, where they would choose, pick and choose who got to be exposed to the Terrigen. Um, as far as why they wouldn't be involved in the current ongoings within humans, um, Adelan's kind of separate. Uh, you know, is, it, is that the city they have on the moon, or is that somewhere else? No, I, that, that's the city on the moon. Um, that that's their you know um, capital, home city, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um. They're they're kind of the royal family. I, I always felt like the lesser in humans, like Quake, like Lash. They just kind of didn't associate themselves very much with them. Um. You know, they knew about. They knew they were there, obviously, but they never really seemed to give a damn. I guess you could say, and, and at least in my experience, they they weren't concerned with those that weren't in Adelan. Yeah. Um, they were welcome to come to Adelan and become a part, but they weren't going to be terribly concerned about them if they weren't. But, you know, they they kind of changed some things up for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I don't know where they're going to go with it. Um, yeah, because I feel like putting a city on the moon is something that would be a little bit too far out for that show. Yeah. And so I don't know where they're going to go exactly, but... I mean, that's a wait and see what they do. I hope 
they, I mean, Atlan has to be present. It's just a matter of, is it on the moon or is it someplace else? Yeah. Um, so you're still working on the assumption that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be canceled after this year. That would be my assumption. Um, so you don't see a, a way that the two shows could coexist and be on at the same time? I just... I mean, if you get the Inhuman show focusing specifically on humans, then all the characters that are under Coulson and are working for S.H.I.E.L.D., you're not going to have a... Like, where would they go? Um, I feel like they're interesting enough that they could, they could they, still hold a show on their own. I, I feel like they would be you know, maybe show up two, three times a season type characters for the Inhumans. I mean, like, how often do the royal family, like, uh, deal with just regular human characters? I thought they sort of, like, kept to themselves. and They do. Really, like, more, more, they're more worried about inhuman business and not human business. Absolutely. That is the case. Um, okay. So, that I mean, that that's what I don't know. But, like, my assumption was when I seen that they were going to do both, Ghost Rider and Inhumans. Ghost Rider isn't confirmed. Inhumans is now confirmed as a television show, but Ghost Rider isn't yet. That's the rumor. And that would make me feel like they're going to kind of split the cast up a bit between the two shows. And maybe... See, I thought... Not to... I, th I thought what I sort of read was that the, the plan B, like, should Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. get canceled in the off chance that it does, that's when we could get a solo Ghost Rider. Okay. Like that's the that's the backup. If if the show is canceled and the cast needs to go somewhere, that's when they're splitting off into other shows. Yeah. Okay. That would make sense. I just and I, Agents of Shield is still fun to watch and everything. I just don't know what it's I haven't seen what its ratings are like or anything as to whether or not it's going to hold up. I think it's been doing better at 10 o'clock. Okay. I think. I don't I don't have the metrics, but I I think that's what I heard. Um, the other thing too, like if they're, if they, if Inhumans is already confirmed for next fall, they could technically cast that now and do like a backdoor pilot sometime this season on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You could be introduced to the Royal Family at the end of the season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to set up the Inhumans TV show next year. Sure. And I think that would actually be a smart way to do it. Yeah, that, um, I mean, that would make sense. Um, yeah, it, like I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who they cast. Because it's gonna matter so much who they cast for yeah the, like just just Medusa and Black Bolt alone, it's gonna be very important to be cast right because basically what I said earlier you know you got a guy that can't talk that's got to carry a show and you got his wife and Medusa that is gonna have to be the voice for them both right well here's the other thing I was thinking too that. At the rate that Marvel TV and Marvel movies do not really necessarily play well together, like they're all under Marvel, but you don't see a lot of Marvel TV stuff popping up in the movies. Right. The TV stuff sort of references the Marvel stuff in the movies almost because they have to. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, even just this Inhumans event, like this is a big deal in technically the MCU. Like it's happening around the globe in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and yet the movies do not touch on it or mention it at all. So. If the Inhumans are to get their own show on TV, does that pretty much lock them into the TV universe and we'll never see them make the jump to the movies? No, I don't think so. Um, I, you know, I don't necessarily think that it's out of the question for even maybe not all of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that you currently have, but the major characters like Coulson and Quake 
uh, Mockingbird to show up in a cameo of some sort in upcoming MCU movies. I don't think it's out of the question. I, I wouldn't call it likely, but I'd see it as possible. Because um, I like feel like even just the interviews with people behind the scenes, I don't think anybody's really made the hint that that could happen. Like, everyone's pretty... You know, they blame scheduling, but it's normally just like, well, the TV's doing their thing and the movie's doing our thing, and, you know, that's just kind of how it works. We don't really... We're too worried about our own sides of the universe to try to talk to each other and make it work. And nothing about that seems like it's going to change for me. And if that's the case, then I don't know if it's just they didn't know what to do with the Inhumans in the movie, so it's like, oh, we'll give them a TV division and we'll let them play with them and we'll do our own thing. Or if it's because since TV technically used the Inhumans first, they just let them have them all instead of trying to make the movies do Inhumans when the TV show already did Inhumans and you got to figure out why they're not talking to each other and crossing over like it's all political which is bullshit for people that follow all this yeah stuff. i was gonna say i i think it was you know agents of shield took the inhumans and they kind of fucked with it in a way that they didn't want it fucked with for the movie um and the things they did with them kind of turned them off of the idea of making the movie because they said uh you know what what you're doing with them wasn't gonna mesh with what we wanted to do with them so right we're just gonna pitch that idea it's really um, shitty for the fans that, that you know, this well, is I mean, how people make just, the rulings. You could just soft reboot it, though. It's not like the other Spider-Mans matter to the MCU Spider-Man. Soft reboot which one? The movie or the TV well, show? Like the Inhumans. Like, if there was something they did with them that was like, oh, we can't use them in our movies now because you guys fucked with them in some way. You can soft reboot that for the movies if that was if that was the only issue. I think the problem is they just didn't have a plan for them. They didn't really need them. So let's put them out on TV. Well, I think more the political side of it, I'm pretty sure, like, when they announced Phase 3 and Inhumans was sort of at the end of that schedule, and I'm pretty sure Feige might even said this, or maybe it was somehow, but I think it was last year, it was, Kevin Feige was, like, in charge of the Marvel movie stuff, and then he would report to Ike Pertamuller or something, I think was the guy's name, who was somewhere high up in Marvel. And then the two of them would butt heads, and eventually they restructured, I guess, the Marvel hierarchy where Kevin Feige now reports directly to Disney boss. I think it's Alan Horn is who he's directing or reporting to. So Kevin Feige is overseeing the movie universe. Like, that's his job. He goes straight to the big guy at Disney, and he's the last guy before Disney. Ike was basically, I guess, demoted and then went to... He's basically in charge of just the TV universe, the TV comics and, uh, I don't know, the, like, I guess that entertainment side. And it was supposedly Ike's idea to put the Inhumans in the Phase 3 schedule. So now that Ike is in charge of television, they were just like, fine, you want the Inhumans property? Here, take it. So, it again, it, it could be just more political crap, which really irritates me. Because I, I don't know if, depending on what they do with the Inhumans, I don't know if, the, if TV has the budget to make a decent Inhumans show. Yeah, I would agree. Um that that's my biggest concern is that they it, it's not there for television to have the capability to carry the Inhumans. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the CW has been doing fine with their stuff, and ABC definitely has more money. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised how much special effects the CW can get by using the Flash. Special effects are really fucking cool with some of the stuff they pull off. Supergirl has some decent ones, but not the best. Arrow doesn't really rely on CG too much. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow doesn't 
they, I think they do a pretty decent job with CG too. Some of the stuff they were able to pull off in the first season, I thought looked pretty cool. Um, Agents of Shield, I thought did a really fantastic job with the look of Ghost Rider. I was yeah. really surprised how well he looked for a television budget. Yeah. So, I mean, it it could be done if they do it smart enough. But between, you know, the in, a lot of the Inhumans, I feel like their their transformation and stuff like that, they they become physically different. So I don't know how well the makeup and stuff could use you could use for some of that stuff. And especially like Medusa, like how are you going to do that practically? All the hair that she has, that has to be a CG effect. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there's no two ways about it. It does. Um... And that's where you come into like, you know, the little tricks where you reuse shots and stuff so you don't have to film it over and over again. You reuse a little bit here and there. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's probably ways around it that we're not thinking of. That could be one of them too. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I would. Just, I I don't know. There's a lot of questions for me. I think we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe they'll do a trailer we can look at or something at some point. Well, you assume since it's going to have an IMAX release for the two first episodes, they would have more good point normal trailers for it. Yeah, so the the first two episodes could essentially be an Inhumans type of movie. Like maybe they just structure that as a movie to get people hyped up. Yeah. I think the other cool thing is that they said they're going to use IMAX cameras for the full series, not just the first two pilot episodes. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. That would be really cool. That'd be a different way to do a TV show. And maybe that means, maybe that's a good sign of them having a budget for that kind of thing. I mean, I would assume that the uh, guy who's in charge of it is going to go and say, like, listen, if we're going to do this right, we have to have this amount of budget. Otherwise, you're throwing whatever small budget you would give us down the drain. Or you can give us a large budget to make something good and make money off of it. And I, yeah. I think... That's the thing. I think there's rumors that it's only going to end up being like six episodes on ABC to start. So if they're doing a smaller run, there's definitely more ways to have enough budget to pull off like six, like not including the two. I assume the IMAX ones will basically be unlimited budget works. Like they'll they'll be fine. You're going to make those look nice. But if it's just six more for ABC, you can definitely find ways to make that work really well, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, the more you limit the number of episodes, the more budget you have per episode. So, I mean, and look at The Walking Dead story, started with six episodes. So Story benefits from smaller seasons. Like, if, you're, if yes. you try to push this to 22 episodes, the story suffers. So, yeah. if you can streamline it to six to eight episodes, I think that's the series is going to be better for it. I agree. And if they treat this more like a their version of like a Game of Thrones, like a mini series kind of deal, rather than a full TV production, we got to do, you know, the fall and the you know winter. Yeah. They just focus in and bring it into like one run each year. That would be a lot, a lot of ways to save the budget while also keeping up the story quality. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we will uh, we'll keep our eyes on Inhumans and see what we see or what we what they release. Mm-hmm. And promote between now and next fall. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing like a trailer or something, maybe by the summertime, May or something. Uh, and so yeah, we'll keep our eyes on that. And we'll give you some our thoughts, our reviews on the trailer, whatever they're talking about later, or even when the show premieres, and hopefully it lives up to the hype. But I think uh, that's probably where we're going to wrap this one up. I think we've talked enough on these. I want to make sure we save room again for Fantastic Beast review next week. I know Josh is getting excited for that one, so I got to book time with him and figure out what scheduling works. Uh, so until then, uh, if you could 
You can be sure to check us out on Facebook. You can search for Brygana Super Friends or go to www.facebook.com slash Friends. Give us a like, leave us a comment, ask a question. All that stuff will do. Any of that stuff will do. We'll, we'll check it out. Uh, if you could leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us at, that will help us out. Uh, remember to share, subscribe, favorite us. That'll keep you coming back to the show so we're easily findable. And I think that's about it. So on behalf of Mike, Ian, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Be sure to check me out on YouTube or this week on what am I sucking? I'm sucking Godzilla's spiky cock. It's a, it's a spiky cock now. He doesn't have googly well, eyes on Godzilla. his cock. It's Godzilla. It's a Godzilla cock. You don't put googly eyes on a Godzilla cock. You're some kind of madman? You're a madman for googly eyes. That's why I thought it worked. It's an addiction and I would really respect you a little more if you wouldn't bring it up constantly. Something I'm struggling with. And that's why I just say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I expect this with him. I'm just wondering how long we can drag that out. I think I'm done now, though.